happened with Mizzou versus LSU, Florida versus Bama, and then we'll also talk a little bit about the Olympic season. Today, I'm joined by Grace Anger. Grace, welcome on. What's up, Nate? Not much, not much. You got a little introduction you want to do? Sure. Uh, what's up, guys? Uh, I've <laughs> never been on KCOU before, so if I am a little rusty with how to talk, uh, just be prepared. I also have a little bit of a Chicago accent. <laughs> it's all right. Uh, but yeah, I, I love gymnastics. I helped Nate cover it for a for our newspaper, The Man Eater. So go ahead and check out some of our stories that we write over there. Um, I've been watching gymnastics for a hot minute. Uh, some of my favorite gymnasts from Elite. Surprisingly, Michaela Skinner was one of my favorites for a very long time. And then uh, I was always a fan of Allie Raisman, which is why I'm so happy that she's commentating for ESPN now. Oh, yeah, that's really um, exciting. So exciting. Allie Raisman to Mizzou campaign. Uh, I um, wish. <laughs> I wish Mizzou, I wanted to have it Mizzou, so Arkansas. Get her there. Get her there. Come on. Jordan Weaver. Yeah, Jordan Weaver and <laughs> Kyla Ross are going to be there. They, her old teammates. Come on. A reunion. <laughs> 2012 reunion. Um, yeah. Just Who's your favorite this. current? Current. Well, I mean, the GOAT. I, I love the GOAT, Simone Miles. She's mm -hmm. awesome. Uh, but I'm also, like, a huge fan of Suni Lee and uh, Jocelyn Robinson also. She, uh, she's got a good story. Um, and I hope she makes it to the Olympics. And then uh, Jordan and Shailise are always a lot of fun too. So yeah, I it's kind of hard for me to pin down one favorite, but if I did, it's definitely Leanne Wong right now. I mean that that just be who I would be like rooting for the most to make it to the Olympics. But I just always enjoyed watching her. But anyways, that's a little intro. Yeah. Mizzou versus LSU. Grace and I were there in person covering. Both on the floor, Grace, right up close and personal on TV. You could see her in the background. I, bu I bumped shoulders with Livy Don, guys. Taking no. some pictures. <laughs> it was pretty exciting. It was pretty exciting. I could see me on TV, too, in the back of floor. I was at the, in the press area. It was a very exciting meet. And we're going to talk all about it and, and give you guys some of the behind-the-scenes that you may not have heard or seen just because – you commercial breaks and camera views and all that kind of stuff but grace why don't you just kind of like take us through some of your highs of this meet yeah so being on the floor in front of 7,300 fans is incredible for me and i wasn't the one competing um, and can i just say i love the way the hearn center is set up like it makes it so intimate like the fans were just right there and it was that you could definitely tell the gymnasts were feeding off that yeah, all there, the fans there and were everything. some people who were set up like right there on the floor and you know where where some of the gymnasts are putting their backpacks that's where you know yeah. people would put yeah. fans and i think it's a great experience for people to you know be able to experience gymnastics for the first time because it really is an awesome sport but i don't think a lot of people realize it initially because it's not necessarily like football where there's something going on every five seconds mm -hmm. um so i think it was a great opportunity for the you know the mizzou community the lsu community you know, all the people to understand what it's like to actually go to a gymnastics meet in person. You know, I always watch gymnastics with my family at home on TV, the Olympics, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, they always enjoyed it. But then the first time I took them was last year, Auburn versus Missouri. And I don't think you you realize, like, while watching it on TV, how fast paced it is and how exciting it is in person. And they just really do I feel like they do a good job of like getting fans excited who maybe don't know much about the sport, which is good to continue to grow the sport, honestly. Exactly. And I, you know, I think the gymnasts in general are so much fun to watch. Like mm -hmm. their reactions, like the reaction after Kennedy Griffin's full routine was that just was incredible. So exciting. It's so much fun. And, it's, and I, and the broadcast didn't do it justice because it was really loudy and round in that arena. And I feel like you couldn't hear it as much watching through the TV, but like it was very exciting. Well, and even was Connor McLean got the 10 on beam. Yes. While Kennedy Griffin was freaking out about her routine. I, that's the timing of it, right? Yes. So Kennedy Griffin was in the middle of her routine while Connor received her scores okay, yeah. and it was so loud while kennedy was on the floor mm -hmm. that 
we didn't even know that Connor got the 10. No. I put my camera down, looked at the scoreboard, and saw a 10, and I was like, how did I not hear anything that was going on? Because I'm, I was live writing, so obviously I had to keep up with the scores, and I saw Connor do this great beam routine, but, like, you know, I was watching the routine, and then uh, I don't remember who was after Connor, but then the next gymnast went up, and I was like, okay, there's the next gymnast. And then I look over at the scoreboard, it says Connor McClain, 10.0, and I was like, no, I completely missed that. Like, did not see that anywhere. Yeah, so it, it, if that gives you an idea of, like, how electric that room was, specifically for Mizzou, yeah. you know, yeah. we didn't even know that the other team got it <laughs> <Yeah>. 10. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it, just unbelievable. Um, so let's, let's, like, break down this meet more, what happened in it. You know, from my standpoint, LSU came in, obviously – could have very easily take taken the win here, but Mizzou just kind of started rallying and rallying, and you know LSU was just sh- really shaky on every event. It seemed like they they just really didn't perform up to standard. They had falls on everywhere except vault, and even vault was just like they didn't stick as many landings or get as many strong landings as they normally do. I just feel like I don't know what it was with them. They just weren't up to their typical standard. Would you agree with that? probably agree with that i mean lsu was coming off of a 198 125 yes to my 100 percent knowledge um oklahoma this season has the only other people who have gotten a 198 uh well there's one other team who got it ball state got a 198 in a very controversially scored meet so people aren't aren't giving that one too much credit but But in like the top 25 gymnastics you know it's been lsu and oklahoma and um i don't know if they were riding off of the pressure that they felt like Mm -hmm. hey we have to match those expectations if we just hit a 198 we had two tens and one meet um i don't know if we had they had those expectations um i don't know if they saw missouri as a team that they didn't have to go for every skill for I don't think that they did that, but they might have. I don't think um, it, in the way gymnastics works, you know, it's not about the wins and the losses. It's about the score. So you always want to go out there and get your best score. So I definitely don't think they were just – maybe there was not as much pressure on them. I mean, that's def, that's definitely could be true when you're not at home, when you're away. You're just feeling a little bit lighter, I guess. And maybe it just kind of all caught up a little bit. They definitely still had some highs, but there was a lot of lows for them than we've seen at this point in the season. Yeah, and I, th- I think another thing that people don't always take into account, particularly in Im- indoor sports, is the weather. You know, they're coming from Louisiana, which is having probably fantastic weather um, compared to our cold Columbia, Missouri. Mm-hmm. Um, and I even saw some of the team posting it on social media. You know, uh, Savannah, I want to say it was her, like, no, it was Aaliyah Finnegan because she's from Missouri. Yes. Um, she was posting about walking downtown with the frozen, you know, frozen heart sound um, because it's it's colder here and it mm-hmm. affects the gymnasts, especially for gymnastics when being warm and like staying warm is important. So even though it's an indoor sport, I think the weather does affect them a little bit. But honestly, I think it was just Missouri. You know, uh, Shannon and the team came into the meet saying, hey, we don't care that we're versing. LSU, we are focused on ourselves and improving our score. Absolutely. Um, and I truly think that that was the right mindset for them going into this meet because if they were focused on the type of opponent they had, they weren't going to beat them. So No, and they, yeah, they just, you're right. They went in there with the complete right mindset. And I was a little worried for them just based off the fact, like, it seemed like, okay, they'd have a good meet, then a rough meet, then a good meet again. Was it time for it to have a rough meet? And I'm just really happy that it wasn't. And it was, one of their best meets because it was just really I think it was just important for them on so many aspects especially in front of a huge crowd if you want people to keep coming back to the Hearn Center and growing this fan base that's the kind of performance they need and that's exactly what they did but just like just to break it down more uh talk let's talk about that 49.6 floor rotation for Missouri not and not just the floor rotation. I'd also say that it was one of their best bar rotations because I have never seen them look so calm on bars as well. But I mean, let's start with floor though because that was crazy how I, strong they looked. If to to keep this in perspective for those people who might be listening who don't understand gymnastics as much, 
technically the top score you can get if everybody has a 10-star value is a 50. So they were only 0.4 under. Every yes. single routine that counted towards the score was a 9-9 or above. It's difficult to get one 9-9, let alone five. And the crazy thing is, is that they didn't count Hannah Horton's score, which historically she's probably their second best floor worker so if you get hannah horton back to you know she had a mistake if you get her back to a normal level she's scoring 995 that's an even bigger increase to your score and her mistake was also landing out of bounds mm-hmm. which in ncaa gymnastics is a pretty rare deduction you, you yeah. don't see that as much just because the level of difficulty of skills performed on the floor is not pushing them out of bounds as much as it does in uh, elite gymnastics. Yes. So honestly, I don't think we'll ever see that mistake from her again. No. Um, it was just kind of like a heat of a moment kind of thing. It was. There was I'm a lot excited. Of pr- I'm a freshman. There was a lot time. of pressure in that moment, especially because they they were neck and neck with LSU. But that that floor rotation is their key to success for the entire season. I mean, they had a weaker beam rotation, but just be- because of the strength of their floor really kind of helped them get, still get a really decent score here. And I think that's what that's stuff they need to they need to continue with that floor consistency, which they have. That's been their most consistent factor and it just keeps improving. But I hope we can see them continue improve on beam. Because that's a that's their biggest area where they need improvement, I'd say. I personally thought their biggest area of improvement was going to be bars. But like you said, they got a really strong bar score. They got a forty nine point nine and uh, LSU is number four um, in the nation on bars. Mm-hmm. And they might have been higher by the time of the meet against the two. But um, all I know is we tied them. Yeah. You know, and, and we're in the tens of, of the bar scores. So And without Mara having her, Mara Titarsola having her best routine either. Because she only got 985. And we know a week before she went 9975. So that's another increase they can easily see. Yeah, so, I mean, bars can continue to move up, but it's not as much of uh, a hindering than I thought it would mm-hmm. be. It, it really is beam. And I think a lot of the reason why the beam score was obviously lower is because Sienna um, did fall. Yes. Um, which was, sh- when I was watching her in warm-ups, when I was, like, taking pictures and test pictures, um, she seemed shaky. Like, she wasn't landing her leaps, you know, exactly on – um, she did. You're right. She she was constantly getting notes from her coach. Like she seemed a lot more nervous going mm-hmm. into it, which normally she is a rock for the team, especially you know when they didn't have a great bars rotation, and then she steps up and she gets a nine nine five. Um, so to see her be a little bit shakier was a a little nerve wracking. Um, but then she went out and got a nine nine on four. So yeah. You know, clearly she's able to bounce back it was just like for their beam it's really just little things that i feel like they can so easily improve on like maya marshall who led off missouri on beam was doing like this confident beam routine no wobbles looked amazing and then did the easiest skill in her routine a full turn and had like at least a tenth wobble on it so like without that that's another that's easily another tenth that can increase their score they just need to really like hone in on the small things because they're definitely capable of putting that beam rotation together, they just haven't really done it fully this part this yet this season. Yeah, they just got to clean up those balance checks. It's, mm-hmm. it's as simple as that. It's and the skill level is there. Yeah, and and it is harder than you know you may think. Um, a beam is thinner than like the length of your iPhone, so that's not a lot of room for your foot. No. But you know when you squeeze your toes, when you have the training to be able to stay on that beam, you should do it consistently yeah um, but the thing we have definitely worked on is our stuck landings we are sticking landings more consistently and yes. even if you have you know a beam routine that you filled with a couple balance checks and you know arm wobbles and then you go and stick that landing you know that's a big deal so I'm and glad on beam especially it was like no doubt they're going to stick their beam landings for exactly. sure exactly and i know a lot of them are doing that side twist off the side Gainer of the beam full, yeah um but you know it, it works just fine it, so it works and it's what well, so many people in the NCAA do, so might as well. But another place, they they found some vault landings too, which was good. Hannah Horton, 995, basically would have gotten a 10 if she didn't have that little balance check at the end of her vault. Um, if I remember, Grace Ann Davis did a good one as well. They found those double layouts on bars too. They really 
they really just honed in on everything. But yeah, like they're that with a solid beam rotation, they can add like a solid four tenths to their score. They could get above that one ninety seven five range easily. Well, and that's that's kind of what Shannon touched on on the the post conference playoff mm-hmm. is when you when playoff post conference <laughs> interview. Um, when you look at the scores, you know they had you know mid forty nine fives, you know, and above in pretty much all of their events except for beam. But if you, you know, add those couple tenths and even get it up to a 49, you know, uh, 49.2 or whatever, that's mm-hmm. a 197.7. Exactly. Like, they're right they're, there. They're so close. And they they had that beam score against Georgia. They had a 49.4. Mm-hmm. And if they can just start hitting that beam score like they did at Georgia – They'll, they'll be golden. And I think, you know, different situations will allow Beam especially to go differently. I almost feel like if they started on Beam, they would be better because they go to Beam in the third rotation, and it's so close with LSU, and they're feeling the pressure from the crowd, and I think that just caused them to be more conservative than aggressive, which didn't allow them to, like, fully, perfectly have their best routine. Because I really don't think any of them – any of the six uh, gymnasts that did beam for Missouri would say, like, oh, yes, that was one of my best routines I've done. Like, they all had something that they're going to be wanting to improve on for sure. Yeah, the the highest beam score was Amari Stelazine with a 9825. Yeah. And um, – that's that's an that's a little bit of an issue. That, there. That's a little low, but I would say in general, the road meet format, not going in Olympic order, is better for Mizzou simply yes. because they get bars away, they get bars done quickly, which is like obviously not their strongest event. But when they start off with it, I think they're just like, okay, let's let's start off strong, let's get the mindset right away, mm-hmm. and then they go to vault, which is such a strong event for them. Yeah, you know, and they can they can get into the halftime of the meet, I guess, like that. And then they go to floor, which is even stronger. And they're really confident in themselves. And then they go from lastly to beam. And they're riding off of that high of floor to mm-hmm. go into that beam meet, beam rotation that they, you know, are not as strong in. And I, f- I, I feel like they'll just thrive in the road meet format, which is why I'm excited for Kentucky. Because I feel like the meet against Kentucky is going to go pretty well because we've learned how to do a road meet. We've learned how to be successful. And if we just clean up, those little bars mis- or beam mistakes will, will be golden. Yeah, for sure. I Yeah, I'm excited to see how they excel from this point. But before we wrap up, a couple more things on Mizzou. One thing that I want to talk about that I don't even think you notice, but I th- I thought I told you this story. I'm not sure, though. But definitely people in, the, in watching from home did not notice was Jay Clark was not happy with the way the scoring was going. I know there's some controversy online people think Missouri especially on floor might have been scored a little too high and uh they are in alliance with head coach of LSU Jay Clark because he was not happy so Hannah Horton as we mentioned before did her opening pass did her full twisting double back just kind of flew but what people didn't notice is that she that first pass she landed on the mat so like they had an extra mat there for her the mat slid out of bounds, but the lines that they draw on the mat, her feet didn't go over those lines, so the judges did not raise the flag and call it out of bounds. So I'm sitting right behind the floor judges. They didn't raise the flag. They didn't call her out of bounds. So Hannah, you know, she goes, she continues her routine. She, You know, the camera kind of moves away from her, and you can't see it, but Jay Clark gets in the floor judges faces while Hannah is still doing her floor routine and says, are you really not going to call that out of bounds? Are you really not going to call that out of bounds? And the floor judges just kind of like raise their hand or like, I don't like basically saying like, we didn't see anything, but he, you could tell he was not happy judging based off that. And the way he was kind of walking around at the end of the meet, he, he wasn't happy with all that, but I just thought that was kind of an interesting thing that happened and then following that, there was Shannon Welker, the head coach from Missouri, walked over to the floor judges when Hannah completed her routine and kind of whispered something to them kind of along the lines of, you know, you guys are doing your job, just keep doing what you're doing. But just something interesting that I thought would be fun to point out that most people did not notice even happened unless you were standing right where I was. Yeah, I had no clue that happened. Uh, I was in my camera lens, but 
Um, the fact that Jay Clark decided to walk up to the judges during the routine was uh, definitely very interesting. Very interesting but, choice. You know, his judges gave him his gymnast a 10 on the beam, and no Missouri gymnast got a 10. So, you know. Uh, true, true. I, I wouldn't necessarily <laughs> say that it was unfair. But um, I think everybody in the gymnastics world knows that there's a little bit of subjective judging, you know, when you are at Absolutely. home. Um, it, there's not really any denying of that, but it's not such a change from, you know, you go from getting a 196 on the road to a 198. Like, it's mm-hmm. not that much of a change. Um, and it, it happens at every meet, so it kind of evens itself yeah, out. Yeah, and you know, I think whether you think LSU deserved this win or not, at the end of the day, they had four falls. And you can't expect to win a meet when you have four falls. You know, I was really sad for Aaliyah Finnegan because she is from Missouri. So there, she did have family there. And she fell on floor and beam. And I was like, that's the last gymnast I would want to see. I don't want to see any gymnast fall because it's hard. But that I would, did not want to see her make those mistakes in front of her family, especially. That was hard for to see. But, you know, they're going to – it's one meet for them. They have high scores that they're going to be able to count. They've got a long season ahead. I think they're going to rebound from this. Would you agree? I, I think they're going to rebound just fine. And, and to touch on Aaliyah Fig again, you know, she was injured – um, a little bit the yes. week before. So, you know, she wasn't at 100%, and um, she is a strong gymnast. We know that from her from her history. Um, so I hope that she can personally bounce back and uh, she won't get punished by getting taken out of the lineups too no. much because she really is capable of hitting. Yeah, she so. is, and when she's hitting, she's getting the best scores on the team almost. So mm-hmm. they definitely need her. Yeah. But, yeah, I think they're going to be right back where they are. I don't – you know, coming into the season, they were kind of in – trying to beat Oklahoma conversation as I've as the seasons began I wouldn't have them in that conversation but if there's a team capable of it they definitely are but I I'd argue that teams like California and Kentucky are kind of overtaking them to for the title of who's the one to beat Oklahoma at NCAAs this year you know yeah I would definitely agree with that you know when you look at the rankings right now um it's essentially you know a couple of really strong Pac-12 teams in California and Utah, and then a lot of SEC, and then there's Oklahoma. At the top. Um, at the top. So I, I really don't think Oklahoma's going away anytime soon. Mm-hmm. They're, they're a super strong team. Um, the highest score they've gotten is a 198-325, which is excellent. And that was, again, this is early in the season. Yeah. You know, so it's only up from there. Um, and uh, – you know, when you look at Missouri, the top eight teams, you know, are essentially the national contenders. You know, they would make it to the nationals. Mm-hmm. And Missouri's number nine. You know, they're right yeah, there. They're right there. And, you know, and LSU is above them. Alabama is above them who beat them, be, beat Missouri. But, you know, Florida and Arkansas are up there. Those are people we're going to face off of against. They're knocking on Florida and Arkansas's door to overtake them for spots eight, seven, possibly. Like, there's some movement that's going to happen this season for sure. Exactly. You, you know, Missouri definitely has the capabilities to get into that top eight and make it to the national championships. Absolutely. Um, and I think the SEC championships tournament is going to be, you know, the true. It's going to be so exciting. Uh, the true determiner of that. So we're going to touch a little bit more on that in a minute. And we're also going to talk about Florida and Alabama right after this quick break. I know marijuana is harmful. I know it can't improve my game. My friends and I have faced many battles, and we have always dueled without drugs. I wouldn't be the world's best duelist if I smoked marijuana. It would disappoint my friends and lower my concentration. And losing control with drugs is one duel I don't want to have. I must stay healthy and keep my friends close if I want to defeat my opponent's monsters. I will never dishonor myself or my friends by using drugs. That's playing a game I can't win. Honor. My anti-drug. Message from your Shriners Hospitals. This bathroom could be the most dangerous room in the house. A lot of kids are seriously burned by scalding hot water in bathtubs. Small kids should never ever take a bath without a grown-up watching them closely. First of all, run cold water into the tub. Then add hot water to warm it up. 
Kids always want to play with the faucets. And hot water on their tender skins can scald. Hot water can burn in less than three seconds. KCOU 88.1 FM. I'm Nate Salzman, and I'm joined by Grace Anger. We just got finished recapping Missouri Gymnastics' historic weekend on Friday. And let's get into what happened in the rest of the conference, because there were some other th- big things happening in the SEC gymnastics this weekend. Uh, Alabama versus Florida. Alabama, they got the win. 197.575. Florida 197.425 just barely edged them out, but that was a home meet for Florida too, so that's a big deal for Alabama. Yeah, I mean, Alabama is having a fantastic season. You know, if you would have told me at the beginning of the season that we would have lost to Bama with a 196 score, I would have told you you were crazy. I, I, there was nothing to me that stood out of Bama in in the preseason to be like they have some great gymnasts you know they have mm-hmm. you know all the tools to be successful Olympic qualifier Luisa Blanco they got her the, but Blanco and Blanco has been their their powerhouse weapon you mm-hmm. know she is producing scores like nobody's business and um you know she has contention to be you know the all-around champion overall she yeah she definitely does and she's doing double duty as well because she is going to go to an elite meet here in a couple weeks at a world cup to get kind of that olympic preparation in so she's doing later quite literally doing elite and ncaa gymnastics at the same time and maybe that's a reason she's been so strong so far this season most likely you know i know that a lot of elite gymnasts you know go to ncaa not only for the atmosphere but they also are there to work on their technique Mm -hmm. because you know a lot of elite gymnastics is focusing on the difficulty to be able to get you know the scores in the 15s and 14s as opposed to you know 13 right and uh i think ncaa gym gymnastics is an opportunity to focus on that execution score Mm -hmm. um and it's a great opportunity for luisa blanco to be successful for her uh, elite team as well yeah i mean but it's it's a big deal for alabama but it's a disappointment for florida because florida is coming just off of a, a great season last year i mean second place really almost overtook Oklahoma at nationals last year, but second place there. I've talked about it before. They are just losing so much of their lineups. They're losing Trinity Thomas, Kayla DiCello, and Riley McCusker. That's 10 routines. You know, Kayla and Trinity were consistently in the all around and Riley was consistently on bars and beam. That's a lot of routines you got to replace. And I think they I don't know if they can build or not from this. It's going to be hard for them. Yeah, I mean, they have the talent to to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, they have Leanne Wong. They have Morgan Hurd. They have Anna Pilgrim. But uh, it, it's just getting them to, to execute because, you know, it is slightly younger teams. You know, Trinity yes. Thomas at her height was, you know, a fifth year who was producing nine nines like nobody's business. Mm-hmm. And it was a lot to do with her experience and her, her strength and time in both NCAA and elite so I think they just need more time and honestly if they build up throughout the season they can still be national contenders but I think that also comes to you know Mizzou you know will Mizzou be able to bring them to Zoo to the Lou and beat them and get more confidence you know exactly it's, it's definitely interesting to see um Sorry, I'm just thinking something's wrong with our mics real quick. I think we're good now. Uh, it's definitely interesting to see. I'll be interested to see how Florida, you know, compares against uh, against Missouri because I think it's going to be way closer than a, a lot of people think it is. Yeah, and I think one more note about Bama, you know, Lily Smith, you know, she's killing it too over there with her. Uh, she got a 10 on bars, I want to say. It was bars. Lily Smith is Georgia, though. They're not a Lily Smith on Alabama? I do there's a Smith someone. There, I swear to God, there's a Smith on Bama. <laughs> Hold on. There might be. I'm not sure. I swear there was two. Hold up. Okay. Hold. On. It might be a different Smith, but I could have sworn that there was a Smith of some kind. 
It's this. I don't know. <laughs> Lily Hudson. Lily Hudson. Lily it's Smith is a freshman for Georgia. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I knew there was a Lily on. Okay, I wasn't too far off. I got. There's a lot of gymnasts in NCAA gymnastics to keep track of, and they all have very similar names. <laughs> so, uh, we we got. But Lily Hudson is producing some good scores for uh, Alabama as well. So. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I just couldn't see I could kind of see it going both ways. I could see Florida getting past in the rankings. You know, I I could see them not being able to overtake Arkansas and Alabama and then I could see them getting passed by Mizzou and even potentially like teams like UCLA if UCLA can get it back together as well. Like there's there's teams that are going to be on them this year, but then I could see it being like all right, Victoria wins going to get it in check a little bit more, you know. They're going to have Ellie Lazari back in more. I I don't know. I think it could go in any way possible, but it'll just be interested to to see where they end up this season if are they on the verge of not making nationals or not? Possibly. I mean, right now their highest score is a 197 425 and their average is 197.283, which uh, compared to Missouri, who's right under them, it's a 0.2 difference essentially in the average, but it's only 0.025 in the the high. So, you know, uh, assuming both teams are working kind of, you know, in tandem with each other, they're super closely matched. Mm-hmm. So it honestly be coming down to, to who hits and uh, who makes less mistakes. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, Grace, try using the other mic. I think it's just picking up better. Is this better? Yes, that's better. <gasps> oh, now I can hear myself. Okay, you said something that was like, you can hear yourself. And I was like, uh, I can't really hear myself. All that well, but <laughs> I guess mic two wasn't working then. That sucks. But hope I think hopefully it was working before because the green light was on. But I'm not sure. Okay. Anyways, so we talked about you want to talk about Kentucky, don't you? I love me Kentucky. Their 197.95 was just crazy. And, you know, I, I started analyzing their team a little bit in preparation for uh, our meet against Kentucky. And, um, I mean, they're just producing scores like nobody's business. And, honestly, Raina Worley is the reason for it. Mm-hmm. You know, she is having a fantastic – senior season I don't know how she's human and is able to just like produce a bar score like nobody's business she's been number one on bars for it's either four now or three but it was definitely she was number one on bars for the first three weeks of the season and now she just got a 10 on floor she finally got her, her 10. first 10 I could not believe that was her first 10 I was yeah. like you're, you're too good for that to be your first 10 um, but I think the scariest thing about them is when I was looking at their season yeah, they started out their season with a couple wine ninety sixes, but they also haven't dipped since then. You know, Missouri they they got their first wine ninety seven at um, the first Mizzou quad, and then against Alabama they they dropped down a little bit to a one ninety six. But Kentucky hasn't. They've just continued to improve and improve and improve. And if that's the truth, um, they're hitting a one ninety eight sometime mm-hmm. soon, and uh, that's a little scary that it could it could happen against Missouri and. Um, you know, it's just somebody we got to watch out for. But, you know, they're they're very closely matched in terms of what their skills are, you know, where they seem to struggle. Um, and, you know, Kentucky edges out Missouri slightly, but Missouri has the ability to get up to Kentucky's level. Yeah, and, you know, if I think Kentucky uh, – I think Kentucky is going to be the team to potentially overtake – Oklahoma like you look out for them because they're moving and continuing to improve and I know a lot of people have been looking for a team who can overtake Oklahoma and it's definitely like in it's definitely Kentucky or California I think at this point and then with LSU like if LSU can put together a magic meet it'd be them too but it would be harder for them for sure considering what we've seen from them so far but I mean it could go either way. Exactly. And I mean, honestly, when you look at UK's um, website, it says that they're four and two, but they're four and two against Oklahoma and LSU is one ninety eight. So uh, compared to other things like they are killing it. And they competed against LSU at home. 
which a lot of people are saying, well, maybe the scoring wasn't as generous towards Kentucky as it was against LSU because they still had a great meet there they, for they sure. They still scored a, a 197.6, which is still a super high score for super them. Super high score. And that's kind of what we were talking about before of, you know, getting to the mindset of improving yourself as opposed to who your opponents are um, because clearly that's what Kentucky is focusing on. And, you know, even in a normal meet, you know, a 196 would have gotten them a win. And so. in terms of NQS, like, yeah, they lost against LSU and have, haven't had, you know, haven't been undefeated or anything. But in terms of of NQS like they're right they're in a perfect position they're gonna get a good seating at regionals I really don't see at this point how they don't get to nationals personally it's gonna be tough for them to drop out they would have to have a disastrous regionals to not get in internationals for yeah, sure I would agree and you know something to know about like the rankings is like it's not like the college football AP poll or whatever that exactly you, that you focus on you know, the caliber of person you're playing and strength of schedule, that's not a thing in gymnastics. All the rankings are solely based on your scores. So there's no point in really focusing on your opponent. It's mostly for, you know, us fans to be able to kind of assess how the team is doing. But in general, they really only have to focus on the numbers and the teams that do are the ones that are successful. And, I mean, it's it's to be said that uh, it's going to be, I think the SEC championships are going to be more interesting than they I mean, have been in a long time because last year kind of just seemed like no one in the SEC could touch Florida. So Florida just kind of walked in there. You know, LSU had a bunch of gymnasts injured. They didn't have as strong as the season normally. Bama and Arkansas and Missouri weren't really doing anything to make Florida concerned. And they just kind of walked in there and did their thing and won. But now it's like, yeah, LSU is really strong, but then they're very inconsistent and Kentucky is kind of looking like the front runners. But at the same time, I think what's even more interesting is that Florida is the reigning SEC champions. But if Missouri can, if teams like Missouri and Arkansas continue to improve their scores, there's a strong chance Florida doesn't even make it into the night session at SECs. Because right now, uh, they're the last team qualified into the night sessions. Obviously, it's only, what is this, only the fourth week. But they're ranked eighth total and fourth. Uh, oh, no, excuse me. They're ranked fifth in SEC teams. So right now, they aren't in the night session. So right now, as we look at it, the night session would be Kentucky, LSU, Bama, and Arkansas. And then afternoon, you'd have Florida, Missouri, Georgia, and Auburn. Do you expect that to say that, to stay that way, or do you expect like Missouri to kind of move in, or Florida to move in, and maybe Arkansas to move out? I honestly, I think the locks for the night session are Kentucky and Bama. I, th- I think they are the ones who are going to end up there. They've proven it already against their tough competitors. Um, I think Arkansas has a chance to stay there. Honestly, I think it's just going to be between Florida and Missouri of who makes it into that night session. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and I don't see LSU really leaving it either. I forgot about LSU. Yeah, uh, either LSU or Arkansas. I'm pretty sure it will be LSU though. But and then um, I think, yeah. I think Arkansas, Florida, and Missouri can all kind of fight for that fourth spot because they're all really close and they all have a, a more to prove. Yeah, exactly. But that's just an, kind of an interest. I think SEC is going to be really fun this year because of how close everyone is matched. I mean, it could go pretty much any way. The only thing I wouldn't expect to happen would be Georgia or Auburn to win. Yeah, based SEC's. based on their last performances, and you know Georgia's riddled with injuries. You know, I, I don't think they're yeah they're going to be able to take anything. But uh, this is also the last SEC championships without Oklahoma, and you know once Oklahoma yeah, so joins the crew, Oklahoma just win ten, <laughs> twenty. It's yeah. going to be a little different. You know, um, they're just going to be unstoppable. Oklahoma is a school overall that produces some dynasties and one of those is gymnastics, you know, another one's softball. And it's just you crazy. Know, like they every gymnast that goes there improves and they can just make every single gymnast someone that can get a ten on every single event. Like it's I crazy. Know. It's it, it's insane. Um so, you know, it'll be a scary year in twenty twenty five, you know. But it'll be more but. exciting for people like us that get to cover SEC gymnastics every week. Exactly. To cover Oklahoma so, as well. But again, focus on the scores, not on the person. But yeah. uh but yeah. So I mean it does 
It, I mean, the only thing I can say to that is it does just make the SEC more competitive than it already is, which is exciting. Because I def- especially with the Pac-12 ending, that like this season, there's an argument that Pac-12 could necessarily be stronger than the SEC, but not with the Pac-12 leaving after this year. The SEC is definitely going to be the strongest conference for. I don't see how they would ever be overthrown for that title. Yeah, definitely for sure, and. You know, I wish that the Pac-12 could stay in a sense. You know, I, I remember the UCLA football coach talking at the end of the season about how football should have its own conferences and that mm-hmm. it really should not affect the other sports because I, I truly don't think that the conferences should change in, in gymnastics and I don't think the Pac-12 should should go away. But, uh, you know, it's going to. It's inevitable. So um, – we just kind of have to prepare for it, but the SEC is 100% going to be on the top once not only we were strong beforehand, but now we're gaining Oklahoma. So and the Pac-12 is every you know like teams like UCLA and Utah are just going all over the place. So exactly. So and the Big Ten doesn't have as many gymnastic programs anyway. So obviously they're adding uh, UCLA and USC, but uh, you know. It's still not going to be very large, especially no, compared it, to the SEC. No, it won't be. So, well, we're going to take another quick break, and then we're going to wrap it up with some talks of Paris 2024. Right after this. approach a strange animal. If you are bitten by a dog or any other animal, have your parents wash the wound completely and then apply antiseptic and a clean bandage. Thank you, Samurai. Now we have to call the dog's owner or the Humane Society right away. It is very important to find out if the dog has had his rabies shots. superheroes like me can fight all your battles for you. Think again. Voting for your local, state, and federal representative lets you choose who's on your side and all the issues we face today. From the little ones to the really big ones, too. But before you can vote, you need to register. So do it now. For registration forms or information on how to register, visit your local participating video store. Have a voice in your future. Register. And vote. <laughs> and Tom Spider-Man sent you. Hey, this is Brian. And Mikey. And Pat. From Weezer. And you're listening to... KCOU. 88.1 FM Columbia. Columbia. KCOU88.1.FM. I'm Nate Salzman. I'm here with Grace Anger. We've been talking all about NCAA gymnastics, but let's wrap this show up with some talk of Paris 2024. Paris 2024. I mean, it might not be till July, but everything starts ramping up in just a couple weeks. It's We're going to start to find out more as we move on here. Yeah, exactly. I have some of the dates of, you know, one of the super important uh, meets are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the first one is obviously the Winter Cup, which is at the end of February here. And, uh, you know, that's just kind of the opening, you know, how, how, how's the field looking? How's the, how's everything looking? Um, but eventually it leads up to the trials, which is at the end of June, um, and the U S championships, uh, right at the end of May. And, uh, you know, it's super important to, uh, the gymnasts and I'm so excited to see, uh, what gymnasts we're going to get on the floor. Honestly, I, we're going to talk about it. We'll talk about winter cup probably in like two weeks when the roster comes out, but before the roster comes out, I'm gonna. I think this might be one of the best Winter Cups they've ever had because I think there's gonna be some big names on the list. I think Gabby Douglas is gonna be there personally. I think Jordan Childs is gonna show up. Uh, Kayla DeCello, Zoe Miller, maybe Jocelyn Roberts, Robertson. I think there's gonna be a lot of big names. Maybe not the Simone Biles or Suni Lee's. Probably not Shylee's Jones because they don't really need to show up yet. They've had successful pass. But I think we're going to see some people want to start their season and start to build that reputation heading into Paris sooner. 
Exactly. And, you know, the girls that definitely need that recognition to be able to, you know, they don't have a name like Simone Biles to be like, okay, she's already on the team. So, you know, they they need to have strong showings at these earlier meets to be like, hey, look, look at me for Paris. So, But every week I like to really hone in on one person who's a top contender and talk about maybe what the things we need to see from them in order to get on that team. And I'm bringing up this person because – you you are really up on her. I like her. And that's Jocelyn Robertson. I mean, you think she's going to make it to the Olympics. I truly believe she's going to make it to the Olympics. You know, the when she competed initially, she was really strong, you know, particularly in vault. You know, she she's a really strong vault vaulter and uh and a balance beam as well. And um that's really important, you know, the basics obviously. You know, um the USA normally struggles in bars, so they often mm. try to find specialists in bars. But, you know, overall, uh, Jocelyn is what I would call a solid number two all around. You know, she can compete in the all around and be totally fine. Obviously, she did get injured. So, you know, her. I'd love to see if she shows up at the Winter Cup to see how she's doing so far. But I truly believe if she hits at the Winter Cup and she shows how strong she is, she'll make the team like she did at Worlds. I think. I think it's tough to say. We don't know how, where she is in terms of injury recovery. She has built a reputation enough in 2023 to where she could say, hey, I'm just going to recover, get all my skills back, maybe upgrade a little bit, and show up in May for classics and championships. She could wait till then. She's already qualified to nationals because she was a world team member. So there's nothing really riding on her besides further furthering her reputation. I would say Beam... Beam is a place, you, as you mentioned, that she is strong on. But she wasn't getting the scores that really, like, backed up her strength on Beam. And that's a little bit just she's getting a lot of deductions for her leaps and things while, she, you know, she's got the big acro skills. But the dance elements is definitely where she struggles. And I hope they're kind of reworking her Beam routine to score higher, to have a high level of difficulty but with better execution because she's – we, she's great on floor, she's great on vault, and we know that the USA is kind of looking for that floor vault specialist. And if she wants to be that person over Jade Carey, Jordan Childs, whoever else is going to show up looking great on those events, she needs to, I think it would be in her best interest to have a strong beam routine because she could say, yeah, I got vault and floor, but I also have beam if you need me there too. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And, you know, if she ends up being more injured than we initially thought, you know, she's going to be easily replaced by someone like Jordan Titles because that's the depth of the USA team, you know. Mm-hmm. They have three replacements for, you know, one gymnast. So, exactly. you know, you got to be at your 100% or else you're you're not going to make the team. Um, but she is somebody I'm personally rooting for. Um, sometimes you just get that for a team, for a, for a gymnast. You know, they're, they're really strong at something and you're like, I really want them to do well. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was Michaela Skinner for me and she's actually a lot like Michaela Skinner. She is very um, similar to Michaela very, Skinner. Very similar so um maybe that's why <laughs> maybe that's why i probably just figured it out but um but yeah there, there's so much depth that you could honestly make three usa teams and uh and they'd easily go win a gold medal i want to have this conversation with you more in depth in a later episode but do you think it's possible to have all three olympic all-around champions on the same team or do you think suni and gabby are too similar um you know, we ha- we have talked about this before, and personally, I feel that Gabby Douglas is not going to be strong enough to be able to match up with the current caliber of uh, USA gymnasts. You know, she's she's older. I don't know her exact age right now. I think but, she's um, like twenty seven. Yeah, so 27 she's twenty seven. So she's so similar in age with Simone. That's older on the mm-hmm. on the on the gym side, but she's also taken a significantly longer break than you know Simone has you know Simone took one and a half two uh, two year break maybe after Tokyo Uh, I don't know the exact timing of it but you know she wasn't doing gymnastics but Gabby's has been at least three years Uh, which you know sometimes for some people that means you can't do a split anymore yeah which Gabby has shown in Instagram she is working on those which is nice to see but we don't know anything yeah, that we, she's doing. We don't really know. So I think it'd be so cool to have all three of them on the same team. But um, I think just one of them is not going to be able to stack up, particularly either Suni or Gabby. 
Uh, I think SUNY has been plagued with, you know, personal illnesses and injuries, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, she can't always control those. But, um, you know, when she's a super strong gymnast, she's a super strong gymnast. And she's uh, she's training that uh, Jaeger twist. I don't know if she's actually going to do that in competition. <laughs> I think she's going to do it. She I wants really to, she hope wants to lead. she does. She wants to be um, in the rule book. Because, I mean, that's so cool. And we don't have a ton of uh, USA, I believe. We don't have a lot of bars. Um skills named after your American no, gymnasts simply yeah. because like I said the USA in history has always struggled on bars so um but mm. and that's why I love Shailise Shailise is such a good she's bar so worker good. um and she's gonna I, I truly think she's going to make the team as a bar specialist too um kind of be like a, a Madison Koshin or you know a Michaela Maroney of the bars um yeah I think yeah that's why kind of like I really hope Gabby shows up at Winter Cup because I want to see where she is. And I think, like, if she shows up at Winter Cup and looks pretty decent, then it's like, oh, well, she can easily build by June, by Olympic trials, and make the team. But we don't know what her full routines are going to look like at all. Um, but exactly. Quickly, and, I, go ahead, sorry, yeah. I have a feeling these are going to change a lot in the coming weeks, and we'll probably be changing these five names all the time. I know I do it all the time. I've locked in one team for now. It'll probably change. What's your five-person team right now? My five-person team right now is Shailise Jones, uh, Jocelyn Robertson. If she's not healthy, uh, then Jordan Childs, uh, Simone Biles, Suni Lee, Sky Blakely. And my five-person team is Simone Biles, Suni Lee, Jordan Childs, Sky Blakely, and uh, Shailise Jones. So basically, we have the same team with the exception of Jocelyn and Jordan. So, I think that's those are both great teams. Those are, that's exactly those are solid what teams. All, everything they need. They got it all covered. But oh, yeah. there is going to be some big elite news coming because there's a national team camp next week. National team camp. And is is this at the time Suni Lee finally returns to camp? Does Gabby Douglas show up to camp? Trendy Thomas, does she show up to camp? Who, who's going to show up to camp? A lot of people are probably going to be there. Who's going camping? It's it's pre, <laughs> it's, pre, it's a pre-Winter Cup camp, so the, I'd bet to say the people that want to compete at Winter Cup are going to be there for sure. And we're, we might get some scores from it because there are supposed to be some judges there I saw. So there might USA Gymnastics might release a little spreadsheet showing some of the scores that they've judged. So maybe this is our first end to see what upgrades people are doing and what people like Gabby Douglas and Suni Lee are fully doing because it's going to be interesting. Simone Biles will perform the double pike. And if Simone Biles is still doing the double pike. I want the, the Biles to back pike. on floor personally, but I know it hurts her ankles. But anyways, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, I would love to see Simone doing the double pike still, but I feel like I'd almost want to see her first Biles vault. <gasps> oh my God, a Biles one return. Mm-hmm. I would love that so much. It would be really cool. I'm so excited to see what she does this year. It's going to so be excited. very interesting. But I want I want her to get five miles, five five medals at the Olympics again. I think she can do it. I think she, she can did do it at it. Worlds. She can do it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's going to end it for us today. Very exciting show. Probably have another exciting show next week. We got a big week of college gymnastics, and as I just mentioned, we're going to have some elite news coming right at us. But that's going to do it for us. Everybody, for the flip side, thanks for tuning in.